This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Lots of bad news to report today. We're sitting here watching the uh, stock market plunge. I guess uh, the president came out and spoke for a couple of minutes uh, this morning and didn't really reassure anybody. He doesn't understand what's going on. I don't totally understand it. Most people don't. We have a banking crisis. We have the stock market plunging. Uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie it all together with the best news of the day. Um, you ready for this one? Um Harry and Meghan Markle had to cancel their Oscars party last night because they lost a billion dollars in SVP, Silicon Valley Bank. Oh, it would take a heart of stone not to laugh. I don't know if this is accurate. I'm, I, I don't have confirmation of this, but uh, there were a few Twitter accounts that were following the uh, collapse of the Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. And they were tweeting about it. And I was curious. I Googled. I Googled it. You know, like Don Lemon says, Google it. And uh, according to this uh, Twitter account, it's called iSource News. Is, uh, I don't know if it's true, but I'd like to believe it. Um, <laughs> I can't help but laugh. Oprah lost $590 million. That's her bank. She keeps all her money in SVB. And Harry and Meghan had $1.2 in the bank. Uh, of course, they won't lose a nickel. You know how the Biden uh, administration operates. There'll be plenty of, you know, mom and pop businesses. There'll be plenty of people who will lose their life savings. You know, Oprah and Harry and Meghan won't lose a nickel. But apparently, they were worried. So they canceled their Oscar party. <laughs> they didn't. Who, would, who, who do you suppose was going to Harry and Meghan's uh uh, I forget in C and uh, where, where they live. They live in uh, Santa Barbara area in like a $20 million mansion. Uh, they're afraid they might get cut out of the will by, uh, by King Charles. But I think, I think they're going to be okay. I think if they had a billion dollars in the bank, they'll probably be okay. I wish, I wish I, uh, I wish they had a live camera shot at Harry and Megan's as the party just fizzled out as they watched their life savings, their life savings, like they ever saved anything. Watching those, those two detestable brats lose it all. And on top of it, Oprah with 590 million. Is that true? I don't know. If it is true, they'll be fine. They'll make them whole. That'll be one of Biden's top uh, priorities, making sure Harry and Meghan and Oprah are okay. But uh, I did it. I did it. I did it so you don't have to. I watched not the entire Oscars uh, show last night, but I did have to hate watch Jimmy. I watched Jimmy Kimmel's monologue. It was terrible. wasn't even a little bit funny. He made a bunch of really lame jokes about the slap. There was no... Uh, repeat, unfortunately, I was hoping someone somewhere would would uh, rush the stage and smack this punk, but nobody did. It was funny. The first 
presenters who took the stage after this group of dancers ushered Jimmy off the stage. He was telling everyone to keep their speeches short or this was what will happen. A bunch of dancers surrounded him and kind of pushed him off the stage. The first presenter was The Rock. Dwayne Johnson took the stage. And I'm like, where were you two minutes ago? That's what I was hoping. Somehow that uh, that uh, The Rock might go out there, body slam this punk. But I don't think he mentioned Donald Trump. I know we, we uh, discussed this the other day, and there was a, like a betting line how many times Kimmel could, would mention Trump. If he did, I missed it. He didn't mention Tucker Carlson. He took a shot at him, but didn't have the guts to say his name. And he's just, he's just so lame. I, I personally, I find it offensive that in this day and age, we have a white male, a white cis male as the presenter. Are you telling me there weren't any qualified Asian women or, or uh, trans women, uh, trans men, trans women? There were no uh, marginalized people who could have done this job. I don't know. I, I just think of a, a black comedian like, I don't know, a Chris Rock couldn't have done this job. We have to have this this guy who is best known as a guy who wears blackface, you know, when he's feeling, feel, when he feels like it, he wears blackface. He's made, he made his, he, he first became famous for having really large breasted women jump on trampolines and basically did a whole show that was built on misogyny. That guy is the guy you come up with. I know we make fun of Kimmel and and Howard Stern and Colbert and the rest of these sellouts. Here is why they did it. Here is why Jimmy Kimmel went woke. Here is why he became just a a useful idiot for the far left. You get jobs like this. He makes 15 million a year. Nobody, I mean, his ratings suck. He's not funny anymore, but he is in with the in crowd. And this is the honor. This is the ultimate honor from these, these people is uh, hosting the Oscars. I don't think it'll be a big rating success. We'll see. Maybe it'll break this morning as we're sitting here. Uh, I doubt it. And uh, I mean, we can get to the, uh, to the awards because I'm telling you for now on, here's the way to predict the Oscars. Here's, here's my analysis for next year. You ready for this Ironhead? Here's my analysis for next year's Oscar 2024. Whatever is the worst piece of garbage that gets nominated will win. That's, that's how I break it down and analyze it. I went through the last, I don't know what it is, six, seven years of Oscars. There are some of the worst movies ever made that win best picture. I mentioned moonlight, absolutely piece of crap. Uh, but there's, it's about gay black guys. So it won the shape of water, nomad land, just one awful movie after another the winner last night, the big winner, best picture, best actress, best everything. I think it took home seven Oscars. Everything, all, everything, everywhere, all at once is the worst piece of crap ever made, ever put to film. And I can say this because I have showtime. I think it's showtime. And it's on every night. So I was curious a couple of times. I have tried I mean, sometimes you see a movie and it just takes a few, you, you got to sit there, you got to be patient and it all comes together. This is so awful. It's hard to put into words how bad this movie is. I've, I've probably tried to watch it three times, giving it 10 or 15 minutes. And it's just this mess. 
of special effects and weird things happening and, you know, big uh, Jamie Lee Curtis with big, big, like hot dog fingers. Have you seen this? Have you seen any of it? Iron Head? No. It's, it's can't even describe how unbelievably awful it is. There were probably, you know, a hundred thousand movies made around the world last year. It's the worst. It's absolutely hundred thousand best movie. It is so undescribably, indescribably awful I have trouble uh, even coming up with uh, the, the adjectives. And it won Best Picture, it won Best Actress, it won Best Everything, everywhere, all at once. I challenge anybody to sit through it. I'm not sure how long it is to sit through the whole thing and tell me it is not the single worst movie you have ever seen. It's worse than Moonlight. It's worse than Nomad Land. It's worse than Shape of Water. It's worse than Spotlight. Those are terrible movies. This is beyond terrible. And it wins. It beats Top Gun. It beats All Quiet on the Western Front. It beats Elvis. It beats Tar. It beats, I mean, these, some of these movies suck, but nothing sucks as bad as this movie. It's, it's just so, I mean, I, it's, it's something to behold, watching Hollywood uh, honor itself for this absolute piece of garbage. Uh, I'm, I'm, Maybe I'll try again. Maybe, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm missing it. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just not for me, but I never, I watch and I don't even know what the hell it's about. I don't even know what's going on. All kinds of weird. I don't know if it's a dream. I hate dream sequences in movies. Maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's a hallucination that they're showing. There's things flying everywhere and weird characters coming and going and just a total mess. And that won everything. And, uh, some people were happy, you know, it, it was, it was, uh, I, I mean, we got uh, people happy about barriers being barrier, you know, uh, glass ceilings being um, broken. This is from NPR. Last night they tweet, breaking, Michelle Yao wins the Oscar for Best Actress, making history as the first person who identifies as Asian to win the award. Hold on. Is Michelle Yao not Asian? Because if she's actually Asian, wouldn't you just say the first person who is Asian? Why would you say the first person who identifies as Asian? When did we get to identify our own nationality or ethnicity? I mean, I understand you get to identify as a woman or a man, but when do you get to, I mean, could I identify today as Asian? How does this work? It's all very confusing. First person who identifies as Asian and uh, it gets fact-checked by Twitter, which is amazing. This is another byproduct of uh, Musk taking over the, um, the fact check on Twitter says this tweet is factually correct, but missing context to explain wording. Merle Oberman meant Merle Oberon was the first Asian woman nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actress in 1935. Oberon hid her heritage to avoid discrimination. Michelle Yao is open about her Asian heritage. (laughs) These people are just nuts. They are just out of their minds. I was, uh, we talked about Friday, I was rooting for uh, Top Gun, which is a great movie, or All Quiet on the Western Front, which is a very good movie. All Quiet won a bunch of things, but nothing big. You know, they won like sound or whatever it was. But uh, check this out from uh, uh, an MSC, MS, 
MSNBC opinion writer and editor Zishan Alim on Saturday ahead of the Oscars wrote a column online and called uh, Top Gun insidious and poisonous. Top Gun quote Top Gun is in its is as insidious as it is entertaining. It does not merely revive forgotten human centered spectacle. It also beckons for a return to accepting the American war machine as a beacon of virtue and excitement. What? In exchange for access to military aircraft, the producers of the movie agreed to allow the Defense Department to include its own key talking points in the script. Perhaps equally important, the script had to be written in a manner that flatters the military in order to secure the buy-in of the Pentagon. I don't know if that's true. I don't care. It was a damn good movie. It was a hell of a lot better than um, everywhere all at once. But MSNBC was rooting against Top Gun because, you know, it glorifies the military uh, or glorifies whatever flying jets for this country. Tom Cruise wasn't there, didn't show up because uh, probably knew, wasn't going to win much. But uh, the banter, the banter with Jimmy Kimmel and the, and the stars when he walked through the crowd with the person in a bear costume because a cocaine bear was so bad, so uncomfortable. He went, he went up to Jessica Chastain. She was wearing a mask. <laughs> March 2023. And there are still people wearing masks. She had to take it off to talk to Tom Cruise. But there were, uh, I, I, I always like watching the um, In Memoriam where they do, they had Lenny Kravitz sing a song and they showed all the people who died. And it's sometimes you're wondering, okay, who are these people? They have makeup artists and agents and people you never heard of. And you wait and you say, who are they going to leave out? Well, we got, we got our answer. Two of the greats died last year and were not acknowledged by the Oscars. Paul Sorvino. I mean, is he, I don't know, is he a Republican? Was he? How do you not acknowledge Paul Sorvino or Tony Sirico? Sirico. That's, uh, uh, he's from the Sopranos, obviously. But Paul Sorvino was in lots of stuff. Goodfellas is probably top of the list, but he's a big star. How do you forget someone like that? I don't know. Maybe, maybe he, uh, maybe he obviously was a cis white male, so he doesn't really matter. But it is just comical how the whole, uh, just how woke the whole thing has gotten. Everything's about identity politics. You know, they just have one, you know, whatever, one minority, whatever, after another diversity, the art best uh, selling, uh, celebrating diversity. You knew that was what it was all about. And it was indeed all about celebrating diversity, not the movies, no, not Hollywood, not entertainment, just diversity. And uh, they went, uh, they went, you know, overboard with that as you'd expect, but uh, Kimmel sucked as expected. He was safe, though. I don't think you have to worry. Jimmy, the, the, the big boob ladies on the tra- on the trampoline guy, he's, he's dead and buried. Now he's safe and giggly and up there uh, joking about his feud with Matt Damon, which I don't even get. They're called, they're called uh, juggies, Jerry. Juggies. That's what, <laughs> that's what he called them, juggies, when he was on the man show. Yep. Let's, uh, we have the shot he took at Tucker Carlson. I want to, I want to address this because it's just so absurd. I was hoping he would go after Tucker and Trump, 
but uh, he did. He he really didn't. Just kind of a lame shot when he was talking about editing film. Uh, let's listen to what he had to say about Tucker. Go ahead. Anyone who's ever received a text message from their father knows how important editing is. Editors <laughs> do amazing things. Editors can turn 44,000 hours of violent insurrection footage into a respectful sightseeing tour of the Capitol. <laughs> They're working under appreciation. What does, well, I didn't even get the joke about your father's texts. What, what does that even mean? I have no editing? Idea. No clue. <laughs> Your father. So, how do you edit your father's texts? I, I don't understand. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he's saying that uh, his dad's racist or misspells. Yeah. That's the only two things I can think of. So, who? What is that? You can't edit his texts. Is he, is he supposed to edit it himself? It's your father. Who cares? Anyway, anyway, do you think think of how silly that that shot is? And we've heard it from lots of people. You hear it from everybody who uh, out there. Uh, Obviously, all the Democrats, all the media, all people like this useful idiot, this stooge for the Democrats, Kimmel, saying you can edit 41,000 hours and make it look like a peaceful demonstration. What do they think the January 6th committee did for the last two years? They had access to all this footage and more, and they made a presentation for TV with the help of a big-time ABC news producer music, everything, put it in prime time and showed you edited clips, selected clips to make it seem more violent and make it seem like an insurrection. They did. That's what they did. Tucker Carlson is the answer to that. He is saying you can do that. And so can we, obviously you can't show 41,000 hours of footage. Obviously you're editing it. I mean, that's everyone edits everything. And obviously, you're selecting certain clips to show a narrative. Well, Tucker's narrative was to counter the January 6th narrative, and it was important. We should be able to see all of it. Uh, when you see the video of Jacob Chansley, um, you, you say, wow, they were burying that. They hid that from us because they railroaded the guy. So if you're talking about editing clips to tell your side of the story and only your side, you have to start with the January 6th committee. By the way, this was interesting over the weekend. Elon Musk started to uh, join the free Jacob Chansley movement. Welcome aboard, Elon. And and uh, a lot of people have taken interest in K- Chansley's case. I think, I hope Chansley gets... Uh, gets freed at some point. Obviously he got railroaded. He committed no violence. He assaulted nobody. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to overthrow the government. I think that whole narrative, the January 6th, Liz Cheney, Benny Thompson, Adam Schiff narrative has slowly gradually here fallen apart. And at some point in the coming months, someone has to make a real attempt effort to free Jacob Chansley. I mean, hell, He's been in prison for over two years. He did 10 months in solitary for a mulling around the Capitol. And now Musk is on board and a lot of people are, uh, and there's this momentum to get uh, Jacob Chansley out before he goes completely insane. I mean, he wasn't particularly stable before this all began. As you could tell, he painted his face and took his clothes, took his shirt off and had biking horns. And I mean, he's not, 
this wasn't a particularly stable guy. What do you think 10 months in solitary did to him? I mean, he has to be a mess at this point. I think any decent person uh, has to admit he's suffered enough. Is this uh, Chansley doing that interview from prison? Yep. He's uh, he's obviously, uh, you know, he's a Navy veteran. He's, 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 I mean, he's genuinely suffered. Anybody would put in solitary for committing no real crimes unless you count mulling, wandering around the Capitol with a police escort. If you think that's a crime, fine. What would you say? A month, two months, six months? He's been in prison two years. He's looking at another almost two years. But uh, he did an interview from prison and told his side of the story. I'm not even sure. Who's the interviewer? Do you have her name? Uh, I can try. Uh, I'll Uh, find it. Go ahead. Let's listen to uh, Viking Man tell his story from behind bars. Your actions on January 6th were an attack on this country. Do you understand that? No, they were not, ma'am. My actions were not an attack on this country. That is incorrect. That is inaccurate entirely. How would you describe them? My actions personally? On January 6th. My actions on January 6th, how would I describe them? Well, I sang a song. And that's a part of shamanism. It's about um, creating positive vibrations in a sacred chamber. I also stop people from stealing and vandalizing that sacred space, the Senate. Okay, I actually stopped somebody from stealing muffins out of the out of the break room. Yeah. I also said a prayer in that sacred chamber because it was my intention to bring divinity and to bring God back into the Senate. But Jake, legally, you were not allowed to be in what you're calling the sacred chamber. And that is, and that is the one very serious regret that I have was believing that when we were waved in by police officers, that it was acceptable. Do you still believe you're a patriot? I consider myself a lover of my country. I consider myself a believer in the Constitution. I consider myself a believer in truth and our founding principles. I consider myself a believer in God. I, uh, obviously, the media hates the man still, but I don't even think, I mean, he should say they, they opened the doors. I mean, they welcomed us in. They directed us in. I know that was a, a, a largely part of the plan, part of the setup where they wanted them in there. And then they wanted to create this narrative that it was a violent insurrection, a armed insurrection without any arms. But he should just say, I didn't know. They opened the doors. Any normal person would think you were allowed to walk around. It's the people's house. What's the big deal? And yet he's doing four years. And uh, as uh, Musk pointed out on Twitter, the guy who tried to stab Dave Chappelle got, uh, what was it, less than a year? He's charged the stage with a knife and tried to stave, stab Dave Chappelle gets uh, less than a year. That guy gets 41 months. And he's just one of a thousand defendants, some of whom were violent and deserve what they got, but most of whom were not and are now just political pawns. But we will see how that goes. Uh, we got a lot to get to, as usual, on Monday. Fauci just will not go away. He was uh, with his friends on CNN, his dear friend Jim Acosta. Acosta's never going to give it up. I'm telling you, like I said, Fauci could sit there with a severed head in his hand, and uh, Acosta would sit there and do damage control for him. Uh, we'll get to that. And Jane Fonda wants to murder pro-lifers. I got a question and I'm sorry. How is Jane Fonda on the view? How is Jane Fonda making movies with Tom Brady? 
how is she still an honored uh, icon in Hollywood in, in this country? Obviously she's a hard left liberal always has been, but we got to remind people what she did uh, back in the day when she went to uh, visit the enemy the Viet Cong in Vietnam. It's amazing how some people can get blackballed. Lenny, uh, uh, Louis C.K. can get blackballed forever. Michael Richardson, or is it Michael Richards? Michael Richards can get blackballed forever. Some crazy racist comment he made at a club. He's, you know, persona non grata forever. And Jane Fonda can, can wish, can demand American POWs get executed. While, in, while on enemy soil, and she's cool, everything's fine. She's on The View giggling about murdering pro-lifers. She's on making movies with Tom Brady. What is Brady thinking, making a movie with this vile woman? And uh, uh, this, I believe this is the uh, three-year anniversary of 15 Days to Slow the Spread. 15 Days to, remember that, 15 Days to Slow the Spread. Everything will be fine. Just give it two weeks. That was three years ago, and uh, some people still won't give it up. Uh, I don't know if we may. We'll, if we have time, we'll play uh, Biden trying to reassure the country that the banking crisis is no big deal. I don't think it's going to work. Let me check the stock market. I don't think it's going to work. Biden's terrible at just about every aspect of the job. He could be the worst at this, reassuring people, making people feel better, that things are in the right hands. It just doesn't work. And uh Scotty Scheffler ruined the Players' Championship. Uh, it was too bad. It's a great tournament and a great event. And, man, he is a phenomenal player, but he took all the fun out of it. We'll get to that and lots more, but first. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory— Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Joe Biden's America is crushing us. You've got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers one after the other. Americans working two jobs just to get by. Inflation is pushing hardworking families to the brink. Hell, just look at the price of eggs. Look at the price of anything. And a digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. The truth is you need a plan. You know it. I know it. And that's why I'm partnered with a great company, Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year with thousands of five-star reviews. And they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. And if you call them today, qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call 855-735-3740 today. That's 855-735-3740. All right, Fauci, you, well, first of all, Fauci will never, ever, ever go away. He's 82 years old. He's such a friggin' narcissist. He's such an egomaniac. He thinks he can, uh, he loves being on TV more than anything, more than money. I think he loves money and he's made a fortune, but he loves to be a celebrity. He loves to be on TV more than anything. And he knows it's all slipping away. The people have are onto his 
uh, onto his uh, scam, his scheme. They know he funded the, the lab. They know the virus came from the lab. Everybody knows that he has been lying to us for three years. I mean, it pretty much ended last week when Robert Redfield, the former head of the CDC, took uh, uh, testified before the House under oath and pretty much said it's it was from a lab. Fauci lied. People died. He funded the lab, and not only did he know it came from the lab, but he he actively tried to cover it up. He paid off scientists with grant money, not his money, grant money to get people to lie and say it came from a bat. His logic this weekend, you thought it was bad before when, you know, Redfield testified or other people, experts, uh, uh, many of the experts who returned to Twitter, the ones who he had shut down because they dared to challenge him. Robert Malone, Peter McCullough, Jay Bhattacharya, all these guys have are free to speak on Twitter and they've made, you know, they're on cable TV uh, or t- cable news, usually on Fox or Newsmax, uh, still won't see him on CNN, but uh, it's over and everyone knows it. Everyone is onto him now. Everybody knows, maybe not Jessica Chastain, but most of America knows what a scoundrel he is, what a liar, what a, what a terrible, terrible public servant he is, but he's not giving it up. He goes on CNN and I know we have two cuts. I want to do the one about the, uh, the natural origin. So everybody is pretty much agreed. It came from the lab. It didn't come from a bat. Or, or a pangolin or whatever, but he's come up with a pretty interesting, a unique angle to, um, uh, I guess, alibi explanation for why he's sticking to his guns and says it still, still thinks it came from an animal. Listen to the explanation this freaking weasel gives to his dear friend Jim Acosta over the weekend. Go ahead. And on this theory of a lab leak, uh, I, I, you know, I've been wondering this. Do we have any idea how that would even work? Um, have you heard any accounts as to how that might have happened? Is there yeah. speculation well, there, in, in the yeah, scientific there, community as to how that happened? Yeah, there, 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 there's a good, that, that's a very good question, Jim. So one of the things that people maybe don't fully appreciate, that all of the intelligence agencies agree unanimously that this was not engineered. Namely, they didn't deliberately do this to make a bioweapon. Everybody agrees with that. No matter what your prior thoughts were, everybody agrees with that. A lab leak could be that someone was out in the wild, maybe looking for different types of viruses and bats, got infected, went into a lab, and was being studied in the lab, and then it came out of the lab. But if that's the definition <laughs> of a lab leak, Jim, then that still is a natural occurrence. Oh, the other possibility is someone takes a... Was that- can you believe that he's actually going with that? They got it out in nature. They got it from an animal. Then they went in the lab and spread it. That, I mean, again, there'll be people, obviously the people on... You know, CNN and MSNBC and New York Times, they'll run with that. They'll whatever they can do to protect their guy, they will do. But is any person, any objective person going to listen to that and say, yeah, makes sense. That's not a guy covering his ass, is it? No, no. That's so now that the entire you know scientific community basically agrees it came from the lab. Fauci's excuse is going to be, yeah, they were in that cave 9000 miles away, got to where the bats are got the virus and then went into the lab and spread it. God, 
That is the that is the uh, <laughs> explanation from a desperate man. He is so desperate to save his reputation. I'm sure it's he thought he was going to get away with it. He's been lying literally for three years about everything. And now we got him and Acosta asks about Musk. Musk, who tweeted a while ago now, more than a month ago, that his pronouns are prosecute Fauci. And lots of people would like to see Fauci prosecuted. Rand Paul, members of Congress for, I mean, every, I'll answer answer the question before we allow him to ask it. What does he want? What does he think he'd be prosecuted for? He doesn't understand. I'll keep it simple for you. Uh, Flip-flop Fauci. Lying under oath. We all know we saw you do it over and over again. You're going to do it again soon, I'm sure. But lying under oath, it's, I mean, I guess it's not really a crime when Democrats do it or liberals do it. We've seen John Brennan do it. James Clapper do it. Uh, uh, Comey has done it. They don't get, uh, Hillary Clinton's done it. They don't get prosecuted. But maybe times have changed. Maybe when they examine just how much damage Fauci's done, they will agree that lying under oath is a crime once again. And he gets prosecuted for that. I mean, there's really no debate. He lied under oath over and over and over again, but he still doesn't understand what they could possibly prosecute me for. This guy is just, I mean, he is brazen. He is just, he has no conscience. He has no soul. He, he doesn't care how many people died. He doesn't care how many businesses were destroyed, how much damage was done, how many kids were hurt, how many kids killed themselves doesn't matter to him. It's all about protecting his image and making money. And, and he loved to be a celebrity. He loved to be the darling of the mainstream media. And he's never going to let that go. But let's listen as Akatsa asks him about getting prosecuted. Go ahead. And the other thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, you've been vilified on the far right. I know you know that. Um, and we've seen Elon Musk tweet that his pronouns uh, he's the owner of Twitter, that his pronouns are prosecute uh, Fauci. Others in the GOP have talked about arresting you and prosecuting you um, for your handling of COVID. What's your response to that, uh, your response to Musk? And, and what has that been like for your family? Well, I mean, there's no response to that craziness, Jim. I mean, prosecute me he's for what? What are, what are they talking about? <laughs> I mean, I wish I could figure out what the heck they were talking about. I think they're just going off the deep end. That's the answer to your first question. It doesn't make any sense to say something like that, and it actually is irresponsible. Of course, it's going to have a difficult effect and a deleterious effect on my family. I mean, they don't like to have me getting death threats all the time. Every time somebody gets up and spouts some nonsense that's misinformation, disinformation, and outright lies, somebody somewhere decides they want to do harm to me and or my family. So that's the part about it that is really unfortunate. The rest of it is just insanity, the things they're saying, but it does have a negative effect when people take it seriously and take it out on you and your family, which is the reason why I still have to have protection, which is really unfortunate. But it wouldn't need protection if you went away. Go live at the villages. No one will bother you. Just go go away. Yeah, 82 years old and spending his weekend with Jim Acosta on CNN talking about how insane it is that he'd be prosecuted. And isn't it a shame that the, uh, his family is uh, uncomfortable or scared or whatever. Think of the damage he did to families, the families. I mean, he 
put people out of work, held people back in school. Kids got depressed. I mean, they couldn't see their friends. Kids couldn't, you know, uh, people couldn't visit their parents and grandparents and nursing homes and hospitals. People died alone all because of that piece of that little lion scumbag. Really is, uh, is what he's lied about so far. Lockdowns, masks, vaccine efficacy, uh, origins of COVID. I mean, all of it to protect his image and protect his money, protect his fortune. And now he can't understand why people could criticize him. This is a man who said, if you criticize him, that means you criticize science. So that means Robert Redfield and all these other Robert Malone are criticizing science. He's such a, I mean, the guy is psychotic. He really is. And uh, I guess he's never going away. As long as Jim Acosta's there or Anderson Cooper, he will always have a voice. He will always have an outlet to defend himself. But I look forward to the next time he's under oath in front of Congress or the Senate. It used to be, it was just Rand Paul went after him and he did a great job. Now it's everybody wants a piece of him. So I'm looking forward to the next time he sits down in front of Congress, raises that little right hand and, uh, and testifies. By the way, uh, I don't know when DeSantis is going to get into the race or when it's going to become, you know, full-fledged campaign. But when Trump, and certainly in the debates, I'm, I'm curious as to how Trump's going to handle that. Trump foisted that little psycho on the country. And when he was asked why he didn't fire him, Trump said because the media would have had a meltdown. The decision to hand the country over to Fauci is bad, but his defense, his explanation is even worse. Yeah, I couldn't fire him. The media would have lost their minds. What? I thought that's, I thought that was a good thing, Donald. I thought when you uh, caused the media to have a meltdown, I thought that was good. I thought that was great. I don't know how he's going to handle it, but he's going he's, he's gonna to have a difficult time during the campaign, Trump is, when it comes to COVID. He shut down the country. He listened to that little monster. Uh, be curious just to see what uh, what he's going to do. Oh, do we, have, uh, do we have, we should be doing this every day. By the way, by the way, I'm flattered, but Ben Shapiro stole my idea, my, our segment, the good Trump, bad Trump segment we did a couple weeks ago. Like two days later, Ben Shapiro did exactly that. Of course, he has a whole production team. Then he's got sound and music and everything else for good Trump, bad Trump. But, I said, we're going to do this every day. We did it for a couple of days. Well, you know, I didn't say we'll, we'll do it literally every day. We could do it regularly, but good Trump, bad Trump. Uh, over, anytime he's on true social, I'm sorry. Even if the message is a good message, it's just so awkward and inarticulate. It never feels like good Trump. But uh, this was him over the weekend on true social. <laughs> Complete. And you know it's him because you got typos and misspellings. He, he writes, uh, with what is happening to our economy and the proposals being made on the largest and dumbest tax increase in the history of the USA times five, hmm. Joe Biden will go down as the Herbert Hoover of the m- modern age, <laughs> the modern age. We will have a great depression, far bigger and more powerful than that of 1929 as proof the banks are already starting to collapse. That's Trump. And, uh, you know, maybe he's right. Maybe we're having, we're going to have a depression more powerful than 1929. I sure hope not. But he, but Donald's rooting for it. Donald's rooting for it. We'll see. But uh, right, let's get to uh, 
two of my favorite gals, Greta Thunberg and Jane Fonda. We'll do Greta quickly. Greta, it, it was, it's almost the, it's almost the uh, five year anniversary of this tweet from Greta. And, and, and again, I ask this all the time. If you're, if you believe, you know, climate change, you know, climate change is real and we're all going to die. You should look back at some of the predictions, projections of some of your heroes of what they said, Al Gore said, John Kerry said five, 10, 15, 20 years ago, Al Gore said, Manhattan would be underwater by 2003 or four. It's just, just a little off. Why would you trust them ever again? If this was, you know, a guy who made predictions for football or, you know, predictions for you know, sports and was wrong every single time and way wrong, you'd stop listening. I mean, who listens to Ironhead's football picks? Nobody. Why would anybody listen to Greta Thunberg? She writes uh, five years ago, a top climate scientist is warning that climate change will wipe out all of humanity unless we stop using fossil fuels over the next five years. Okay, that's five years ago. The climate change will wipe out all of humanity. So obviously, that she's just a kid. She's a dumb kid. She's a high school dropout. Doesn't know what she's talking about. Why does anyone listen to these people? They're wrong about everything. These are the same people who in the seventies told you global cooling was going to kill us all. Now it's global warming. Uh, by the way, I, did, I gave you the good news from the banking crisis. You know, the fact that Megan and Harry and Oprah had all their money in, in the S in the Silicon Valley bank. How about this? This tweet is from a, uh, uh, someone f- uh, f- who calls herself the climate cardinal. She's a Stanford student, oh, was on Forbes 30 under 30, big mover and shaker. Sophia Chiani, she writes, the death of Silicon Valley Bank is bad news for climate change. 1,500 climate and energy tech companies relied on the bank. This was, as you've seen, if you've read about SVB over the weekend, it's a super woke company. They have all kinds of diversity, equity, inclusion programs. Their vice president is supposed to be, you know, watching over things, you know, the guidelines, the regulations. She was concerned about nothing but woke garbage. And now we found out that all these startups in Silicon Valley that are, you know, focused on the climate, they're all customers of SBV, SVB, and they're going broke. So there is always a silver lining. Let's, let's be honest, but uh, let's get to Hanoi Jane. And maybe, maybe I just have to get over it. Maybe I, I should just forget that she was a anti-American subversive, a traitor, she, that she committed treason, but she was in the news the other day. I think this was Friday. She was on the view and this was typical Jane Fonda. Uh, let's do the view cut first. I want to do the view cut first. She goes on the view and it was so bad that Joy Behar was trying to run cover for her to damage control in real time. But she was talking as usual, these, these, you know, these clucking hands were talking about abortion and all the rights are, all their rights are gone because you know the voters get to decide their elected representatives get to decide abortion issues now and not nine robed people in Washington. Uh, so they talk about abortion and she says, you know what they have to do to their opponents these days. She has a solution. Let's kill them. Go ahead. Play it. 
We have experienced many decades now of having agency over our body, of being able to determine when and how many children to have. We know what that feels like. We know what that's done for our lives. We're not going back. I don't care what the laws are. We're not going back. Yeah. See, I think the women will rise up. That's the activist. That's Jane speaking. Yeah. And, 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 and she probably will get a Nobel Prize. But it's very, the truth. Very, very soon. It, it is the truth. But we're I, not going to do it. Besides, besides marching and, and protesting, what else do you suggest? Well, well it doesn't happen murder. overnight. It's not a miraculous. <laughs> what did you say? Murder. <laughs> She's kidding. Wait a second. She's just now, kidding. Don't say that. That's oh, not... you don't know. They'll pick up on that and yeah, just run that's with the it. Worst. She's Joking. just kidding. It's... Well, let me talk to you about <laughs> Let's move on and talk about Jane's Jeez. activism, which is yeah. legendary. Uh, legendary. She's, by the way, she's not smiling. She's not laughing. If you're just listening, they said she's just kidding, and she looked at the camera like, no, I'm not. Well, Jerry, she does was- she have a track record of making stupid comments like that? <laughs> yeah, she sure does. <laughs> she's 85 years old. And again, I know Tom Brady doesn't really look into these things. He just, someone gave him the script for this awful movie, and he signed on, probably made some money, thought it'd be fun. By the way, that didn't get any nominations. Didn't win anything last night. 80 for Brady. Well, the Razzies are later in the year. Oh, good. Yeah, it should. I mean... She's, I, I, I think I have this right. She was born December 21st, 1937, 85 years old. Oh, she better worry about getting pregnant then. <laughs> Good one, Ironhead. That's true. She's very passionate about abortion for an 85-year-old hag. Imagine when she gets out of the shower or gets out of bed in the morning. <laughs> no. I mean, how many hours does her team have to work on her to get her ready to go on The View? <laughs> let's talk about your activism. Okay, Sonny. Let's talk about her activism. And I don't care. Again, this is 50 years ago, 60 years ago. But some things, you know, matter. They, they, you know, some things should haunt you for the rest of your life. And, you know, we could go through any number of people who get canceled forever. I mentioned Louis C.K., Michael Richards. Michael Richards, I mean, I've seen, you've seen Seinfeld, you've seen uh, Jason and Alexander, Louis Sui Dreyfus, she was on last night doing an, a, a, and you will never see him anywhere because he went on, got, lost his temper and, and went on some crazy rant against a couple of black guys at one of his shows, Heckler's. I didn't even make sense what he said and stick a fork in you or whatever. It was just silly, stupid, idiotic. He apologized. And he is blackballed forever. There's the rules. Louis CK, you know, he'll show up in clubs, but I mean, Louis CK lost a hundred million dollars in a TV show and everything else movies. And that's fine. You know, that's, that's the public has spoken. How does Jane Fonda get to be back in polite society? How does she get to be on The View talking about abortion and get to make a movie with Tom Brady? If she were at the Oscars last night, maybe she was, maybe I missed her. And she went up to present, she'd get a standing ovation. This is a woman, and we remind you, who called, not who didn't just go and comfort the enemy, didn't just go and put on the helmet and pose with the guns of the enemy of the Viet Cong in Vietnam. She called for the execution of American POWs. These guys were being tortured and, and, you know, John McCain and others being held in uh, just horrible conditions in prisoner of war camps. They gave her notes 
to maybe, you know, take home and give to their loved ones or give to the Americans. And she turned them over to the Viet Cong and they got beaten because of it. That's bad enough. But then she said they're war criminals who should be executed. Americans, American prisoners. Let's play it as a reminder. I understand a long time ago, but uh, I forget what, uh, what did Roy Hobbs say in the natural? Some things you just can't run away from. Some things just follow you forever. This should have followed her forever. It's so despicable. She should have been tried for treason. Obviously, she was famous, and her father was famous, so she she wasn't. But, uh, hey, there's still time. Let's watch. But no visitor made more headlines than the actress Jane Fonda. During two weeks in the summer of 1972, she broadcast at least ten times over Radio Hanoi, denouncing American POWs for having committed war crimes, urging the North Vietnamese to hold out against American imperialism. Many Americans would never forgive her for what she did and said. According to international law, these men are war criminals. That's according to law, according to the Nuremberg Principles, according to the Geneva Accord and others. They should be tried in front of a court and probably executed for what they did. Probably executed. She's called for American servicemen, soldiers, Marines, to be executed. That, that woman made, made a movie with Tom Brady. Ah, and then she's made the rounds and was honored everywhere by everybody. It's just amazing how selective, as uh, Chris Walk would say, our selective outrage would, uh, is Louis C.K. or Michael Richards? I mean, I, I could sit here, I could come up with other people who've been canceled and never to be seen again. Uh, for some for you know, frivolous stuff, I mean, some more serious than others, but uh, you know, some we can forgive. We can forgive a woman who called for American POWs to be executed and cavorted with the enemy literally. So you're laughing and giggling and trying on their helmet and, oh, God, what a vile human being. And uh, I, I haven't even seen Brady. Has he made like a red carpet appearance with her, made any appearances with her? I know she she wore a Brady jersey when she was uh, out promoting the movie. You think Brady's seen that video? If he has, shame on him. How about his parents? Have they seen that video? They're old enough to remember this traitor and he's out there giggling. He's, he's in business with her. It's, it's sad. It's sick. All right, let's do Shay. And then we're going to uh, talk about how much we hate Scotty Scheffler and uh, uh, see, we'll check. Let's, let's check the stock market. Let's check and see how the uh, banking crisis is going on. I know, I know Biden reassured the country this morning in about a minute long appearance where he refused to take questions uh, but uh, Biden is really bad at reassuring people. Well, it's the dead of winter, but that doesn't slow down Shea Concrete. They've got a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great values with designs that will fit your home. A new staircase will dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you a much better curb appeal. You'll be the talk of the town, the envy of the neighborhood. Shea will take care of all this. They remove the old stairs. You don't want to have to do that yourself. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. 
is not an expense. This is an investment in your home. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you get a brand new front entrance. Go to SheaConcrete.com to learn more. Also, you can go there and look for a job. Right now, Shea is hiring. They've got between 15 to 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. I love this event over the weekend, maybe maybe more than most, but uh, the uh, Players' Championship is a great, great event. It's a great course. If you don't watch it, you should. The 17th hole is a short part three island green that just tortures these guys. The last few groups, half the guys went in the water, just lost hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars on this one little part three. It was It was fun. It's fun to watch these guys suffer. Uh, but Scotty Scheffler kind of ruined the tournament. He's so good. You know, 13 months ago, you know how many wins Scotty Scheffler had? Ironhead, take a guess. Three. Zero. Zero. Now he has six wins. He won the Masters. He became number one in the world again. I believe that's his third time reaching number one in the world in the last year. He won the Players' Championship. And the first prize, $4.5 million. Scotty Scheffler, you know, we thanked his family and his caddy and his friends and his coach and his, he should thank Greg Norman and Phil Mickelson. They should all thank Greg Norman. This is the live effect. The first prize, 4.5 second place, uh, Terrell Hatton, who stole it, man. He, he, uh, he shot a 29 on the back nine. First guy ever to shoot a 29 on the back nine on Sunday to take over second place and make 2.6, I believe, for second place. Uh, but all the drama was gone with a couple hours left in the tournament because Scheffler was so good. He had a five-shot lead and no one was going to catch him. But it's a great event and uh, it's, it's great for TV, man. You can look right in their eyes when they step to the tee on the – 17th hole and uh, and just fear. You can feel the fear as they tee it up. And so many of them went in the water. And when they didn't, they could just, you know, they didn't care if they three-putted or they didn't care. They just wanted to get on the green and not go in the water because the because the drop zone's another tough shot. There were guys, you know, putting two, three balls in the water. It was kind of comical. And then 18 is the single hardest looking hole. I know it's not the hardest hole, but it looks so hard. Water all the way down the left side. And some guys dunked it, and other guys went way right into the trees. Scheffler seems like a great guy. Everybody likes him. He seems like a down-to-earth, big old Texan. But I'm sorry, it's more fun when you have a lunatic like Tiger Woods at number one in the world. He really is. Or Phil Mickelson, a guy who's opinionated and half the people hate him. Nobody hates Scotty Scheffler. Nobody uh, roots against him. I mean, we were rooting against him yesterday just so we could have a more fun, more enjoyable competitive tournament. But uh, while Tiger's getting sued by his little girlfriend, Scheffler's, you know, hugging his wife and talking about his 89-year-old grandma. Grammy, Grammy, you made it after the tournament. I'm like, man, it's more fun when Tiger had, you know, 17 waitresses uh, coming after him from all angles. Uh I wonder how public that's going to get Tiger and his little girlfriend who's suing him for $30 million trying to get the non-disclosure scrapped. And we're going to find out if we find out the truth, we're going to find the, the uh, root of the problem here was that 40 grand in a bag. She had Tiger didn't know about it. He found out about it and flipped his lid and kicked her out. That's what we're going to learn. You're not going to get any of that drama, which Scotty Scheffler, unfortunately, but all right. 
Did you bet Ironhead? How'd you do gambling on the uh, players? I did not bet on the players at all. I, 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 I was fun. I was I was out the whole time, so I didn't have. Uh, I wasn't really paying attention to. I thought it. you were gonna bet on who would hit the green and who would you know, hit the uh, put it in the water on eight on seventeen. I did that on Thursday. That's what that was my Thursday. That's what uh, Minahan was telling me. You got to do that. Just bet on one guy and you know make it uh, have a rooting interest, but. Maybe next week. Maybe I'll do it in the Masters. We'll definitely do it in the Masters. I, uh, oh, yeah. We'll we'll get Montate involved. We'll make some bets. And uh, no one's allowed to bet on Scheffler. He's too boring. He is way too, too boring. boring. I'm going to go all in on Tiger at the Masters. That's true. It's, he's, man, all eyes are going to be on him. I, you know, he's, I've said many, I've gone back and forth on Tiger, but, man, it helps. When he's involved, it helps so much. Mickelson, too. He's not involved anymore. It's a shame. We need more guys to root against and more guys with some personality. Just although Terrell Hatton, the guy who finished second, a lot of people hate him. He's yeah. kind of a, he's, he's always whining and bitching and yelling at himself. And he's kind of fun to watch. It'd be good to see him involved, but uh, it was a good tournament. Congrats to Scotty Scheffler, four and a half million dollars. Probably, you know, Probably give half to the church or something. <laughs> his swing is so awkward too. His foot yeah, movement. He moves his feet, but man, he can do everything. He is a great, great player and had an unbelievable year. But we will leave it there for today. We'll be watching for the uh, coming depression, which Donald Trump said is going to be more powerful than 1929. I don't know what that means, a powerful depression. But we'll find out if he's right. God knows he's rooting for it. Trump is okay. rooting for a depression right yeah. now. Um, I'm not, I don't want to see my life savings go up in flames like it did for, for Oprah, <laughs> Harry and Megan. We'll, we'll, I'll look into that. See if we can get confirmation that Harry and Megan lost a billion dollars. Oh, there's some good in every, in, in every tragedy, I guess. So, but that will do it. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Kelly, and this is the Callahan show. And we'll do it again tomorrow. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.